Welcome to episode 29 of the Mile 62 podcast. I'm your host, Richard Elkins, coming to you from Austin, Texas. Uh, just off a long bike ride. Uh, it's a Sunday. I wanted to record a podcast talking about the uh, revised racing schedules from trail racing over Texas and Tejas trails. Um, there's no place where you can see the schedules merge, so I decided to merge the schedules myself talk about the changes and then put them on my podcast um, I didn't include the races from some of the smaller race directors um, mainly because I have a beef with them they don't post their results on ultra sign up um, one of the race directors uh, last year promised me that the three races in their series would be posted and then after I did them they didn't post them so I decided not to include them anymore in the in my podcast but the two big race directors in texas trail racing over texas and Tejas trails they've announced some some uh, big news in the last few weeks and uh trail racing over texas had a trot cast a few days ago announced some changes coming up so i'll go over those today in my podcast those are not even up on their website yet and uh we'll go through them and talk about them and I've merged the schedule so we can talk about the races in September, October, November, December. So you don't have to switch back and forth between their websites and and figure it out that way. So let's get started. Uh, In August, on August 29th, uh, Teos Trails has the Captain Carl's, uh, the last race of their series. It's a night race. It's at Revell Peak Ranch. That's in Burnett, Texas. So that's uh, north of Austin, about an hour, very close to where I live, actually. They have a night race. I did it last year. It's pretty nice. It usually starts right before dark. They have a 30k and a 60k, and uh, highly suggest it. Those are fun races. Um, I'm not real sure how they're going to run the race this year. Some of the races uh, they have um, mentioned uh, the style of race that they're going to do. Um, what I'll do right now is I'll kind of briefly, uh, high-level view, talk about the styles of Tejas Trails races. They have a Style 1, Style 2, Style 3, and Style 4. Style 1 is a Mirage Virtual. It's basically a virtual race where you can uh, run it anywhere you want. Style 2 is the mini-style race where you can, uh, <clears throat> you will, you'll get three days and evenings to run a race. You make a reservation, um, and you'll have a one-hour start window where you can start, and you basically it's designed so that you will not be around too many people. So social distancing, social distancing at a trail race. Style three is a soft start style. Um, you will set uh, start at a preset marker and it's spaced apart so that everyone is 15 seconds apart. They don't have any races planned that way right now. And then style four is a mass start style, which is the the type of race that we're um, we've run in the past, and you know basically everyone starts at the same time. <clears throat> um, in September, we have the Mellow Race. It's put on by it's September twelfth, so it's called the Mellow Race. It's at Pace Bend Park in Spicewood, Texas. They offer a twenty six point two mile race. Pace Bend Park is a private land. 
So they have a marathon out there. I have not run that one before, but I have run in Spicewood, Texas before. So basically it's um, west west of Austin. So it's in the Austin area. Yeah, and just like most Tailhouse Trails races, they're in central Texas. Whereas trail racing over Texas, their races are usually closer to Houston or on the east part of Texas. East. Uh, um, next race we have is September 26. It's the Texas Trail Running Festival. It's also by Tejas Trails. It's the whole weekend long. And uh, they're going to have uh, all the way from 5K up to marathon. And you can run several races during the weekend and get a special uh, medal for that. So all of the races in uh, September are Tejas Trails races. Um, in October, the first race up for uh, trail racing over Texas is a race called Trails from the Deep. This is October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. It's, um, this is a really unique uh, type of race that um, Rob has developed, which is kind of a combination of a virtual and a real race start. So what you do is, uh, starting on uh, on uh, Friday, they will have uh, some race distances. Same thing on Saturday, and then Sunday will have the the 50k, the longest one. But the idea is, it's virtual in that you run it where you want to run it, but you must run it on a trail, and you must start at the same time as everyone else. So it has that feeling of being a real race. So let's say you're running the 50K and it's got a 6 a.m. start on, on uh, Sunday. Then you must start at 6 a.m. on a trail uh, of your choice. You're not allowed to run these on the road. Um, so that's a big change, but it's a very unique uh, concept that he's developed. This is a one-time deal. He'll n probably never do this again. But he's calling it the Trails from the Deep, and all of the swag is... is um, it's kind of got a marine uh, uh, spend to it. Then uh, later in October uh, is the Cactus Rose. That's a Tejas Trails race. Um, that's a race that's been run for many years. Very challenging race. It's going to be on October 24th through 25th. So they offer a 100-mile and a 50-mile race. This is style two. So this means that you will have a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday where you can get started um, actually, you must get started on Friday or Saturday because the um, cutoffs are on Sunday, so you wouldn't have time. So you'll be able to start on Friday or Saturday, and you make a one-hour reservation. It's a contactless uh, uh, pickup for the uh, for your kit, and uh, then you will start when you're supposed to. And when you finish the race, the buckles and the medals will be on the table. You choose the one of your choice. And that's how it works. So they will have some stuff out in aid stations, but there won't be anybody out there. Um, I think one aid station will have someone that can help with ice, but it's a very different uh, concept compared to the past. Uh, Cactus Rose is uh, held out at uh, Bandera State Park, which is the same venue as uh, Bandera 100K in January. So it's a very challenging race. And like I said, this is style two for Tejas Trails. One thing new this year, they're going to have a ruck race. And uh, this this is very interesting for me because, you know, I ran Jackalope Jam and did the 48-hour one and uh, my first uh, first place in a race. I'm very interested in this race, but 
they're only offering 25 miles and 25 miles is too short for me I would just get beat by the military folks I like the longer races and one thing there this is a new new concept for them having a ruck race and the rules are if you're 150 pounds or less you can use a 20 pound plate and if you're over 150 pounds you need a 30 pound plate so I would need to use a 30 pound plate and I just bought one so I'm trying to get used to it it's a big difference between a 20 pound plate which I wore in my last race but ruck racing is uh, getting more popular and it's I think it's really neat that Tejas Trails is offering one now because previously it was only trail racing over Texas um, on November November 7th, we have uh, Jalapeno 100. Um, I talked about this in my last, uh, a couple podcasts ago. This is a new race for Tejas uh, Trail, not Tejas Trail, sorry, Trail Racing Over Texas. Um, it's kind of a replacement for Habanero, but the only thing common with Habanero is it's going to be at the Seven Isle Ranch and take place at the same time, the same loops. Um, it will also start at 12 o'clock noon, like Habanero, but this is going to be on November 7th, so he's not calling it Habanero because it's not going to have the same heat as it would in August, and it's just a different race. Um, this one's interesting because uh, you have a chance of getting the new buckle, Jalapeno 100, and he said this is probably going to be a one-time event, so uh, this is your only chance to run the Jalapeno 100. In future years, it won't, won't exist. <clears throat> On November 8th, we have a Tejas tr uh, Trails race, Trivenium Road Race. This is in Marble Falls, Texas, which is very close to Austin. Um, they're offering a 50K and a 26.2 mile race on the road. I did this one last year, and I will tell you, it le lives up to its name as being the hardest marathon in Texas. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tri-shape like the name and it's all hills. One, if you run this race, you will, you will agree with me. Marble Falls is not flat. <laughs> it's a really tough, and I did the 50K, and uh, it was a heck of a workout, and uh, they do a real good job. It's kind of outskirts of Marble Falls, so there's almost no traffic. I think we saw a few cars that whole day, <clears throat> um, but definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, November 21st is a, uh, another Teos Trails race called Wild Hair. That's in Warda, Texas. It's at Bluff Creek Ranch. Um, I've never run out there before. Um, um, could be interesting place to, uh, run late in November. November 21st is a Turkey Trot Trail Race. Um, this is being put on by Trail Racing over Texas. They're going to offer a 5K to the marathon distance. And this one's going to be at Stephen, Stephen F. Austin State Park in Huntsville, Texas. So this is pretty far if you live in uh, Central Texas. Uh, you know, it's north of Houston and Huntsville. Hey, I'm back. Uh, let's, let's talk about December. Uh, sorry about the break. Uh, one of the things that you run into when you're trying to record a podcast is try to find a quiet area to record. And sure enough, uh, my kids come running in. Uh, I've read on the, online some people record their podcasts in a closet. It's probably a good idea. I should try that. <laughs> I saw a picture of somebody sitting in their closet full of clothes recording a podcast. I thought it was pretty funny. 
but it's actually a good idea. The sound quality would probably be better. Um, in December, <clears throat> we have uh, Brazos Ben 100. That's in Needleville, Texas. It's kind of a suburb of Houston. Uh, very big race, very nice park. It is on kind of concrete trails and gravel trails. It's a real nice park called Brazos Ben State Park. I haven't been there, but it's famous because it has a lot of alligators. But during this time of year, they don't bother you. They don't. They don't. They don't come out on the trails uh, because it's not breeding time. Um, well, that's also a USATF trail championship, so a lot of pros come in for the race. Um, they're offering 100 miles, 50 miles, and also 26.2. I'm actually running that race. I'm running the 100 mile race. So if you're in that race, uh, look me up. I'd like to chat with you. Maybe we could do a podcast. Um, it's on December 5th. And one thing to note is in the trot cast, um, Rob said it's already 50% full and he's opened it up now. So that race is not on hold anymore. It looks like we're going to be able to have it from uh, what he's saying. He's talked to the people to issue the permits and the park and they seem to be okay with having the race. And uh, he said that just in a few days, he's, he's got an, another couple hundred people uh, registered for the race. Um, so if you want to do that race, you have to jump on it. Last year, I couldn't do it because it filled up so fast, so I registered ahead of time. But that's the Brazos Bend 100, and that's uh, early December. Also on December 5th, the same day, Teos Trails is running uh, Tenyeas. Uh, that's a race that they uh, usually do a different time of the year, but I think it got canceled in the spring. But it offers a 100K and a 50K, and that's style two. So you'll you make a reservation and you and you start have a special starting time. That's going to be in Bend, Texas, at Colorado State Park. That's a real nice park and uh, very uh, I would say wild park. I saw a bunch of animals out there. I've seen some rattlesnakes out there. That's a interesting place to run but it's a pretty pretty park it's just in the middle of nowhere so it's very central texas a couple hours from san antonio um, then on december 12th they have the mosaic 50k and 26.2 mile race that's in liberty hill texas at indian mountain ranch that's a uh, very close to where I, I live and i did that last year it's a nice race it's the 50k i think was uh five loops five loops of uh, 10k it's a nice, it's nice, it's nothing uh, spectacular. It runs along the San Gabriel River. And uh, I had a scare last year. I was running next to the river and I tripped and almost, uh, I was pretty far from, pretty far from the ledge, but boy, it really scared me because I thought I was gonna trip and roll off the ledge. But um, <clears throat> that surely woke me up. But I ran it last year, it's nice, it wasn't too many people, but if you live in the Austin area, that's very convenient. It's very close to Austin. Just, it's near, it's right west of Georgetown in uh, Central Texas. Um, so that's the races that we have for this, for this year between the two big uh, race directors, Tejas Trails and Trail Racing Over Texas. Um, the big difference between the two race directors, Tejas Trails has been trying, they have their four styles of races and they have really not really canceled many races. They find a way to do it. I think the advantage that Tejas Trails has is their races are in central Texas, several hours away from uh, major cities. Whereas um, trail racing over Texas, uh, Rob rather 
run it the way he always runs it or don't run it at all. He doesn't like to take any risk on uh, race being canceled. And another thing that challenges uh, trot races is that a lot of their races are near Houston, San Antonio, big cities. Big cities are real hard to get permits for races right now. So that's why a lot of his races have been canceled. And he announced a few days ago that in October, El Taco Loco in San Antonio is canceled. So that's another race that uh, was canceled that I was registered for. And also the Franklins in El Paso. Both have the same problem. El Taco Loco is in San Antonio. Very hard to get a permit right now. Franklin's is in El Paso. Very hard to get a permit right now. So both of those races were canceled a few days ago. And... Uh, don't know, don't know about you, but for me, Ultra Sign Up has become a small savings account for me now because I've been getting refunded so many races that I've got pretty good uh, chunk of change on Ultra Sign Up now. So next year, I probably won't have to pay for any races. Um, I've got so much credit on there. And soon to get another credit from uh, El Taco Loco, and hopefully Brazos Ben will happen. He says it will happen. Uh, of course, we said we heard the same thing about Habanero, and then it was canceled, uh, um, you know, a few weeks before. So, uh, so all my, my sites are on Brazos Band now, and uh, another thing uh, I have going for me is uh, GDR Georgia Death Race. Um, that's usually in uh, April. I think it was April. Yeah, April every spring, but it got canceled and is now moved to November seventh. So if a bunch of people drop out of that race, because uh, some people are just, uh, quite a few people for good reasons are not happy with the race director because um, he got in a lot of trouble with what he was doing with uh, women. And, and uh, so there may, be, there may be a chance that I could be pulled off the waiting list and get pulled into that race. And if that's the case, I will probably do it because I've been trying to get into GDR for many years and... Um, I've been on the lottery, never never been selected, but I've always wanted to run GDR, and I've got some friends in the area too, so if I get pulled on that one, I may go out and do that. And then another opportunity I have is one of my friends is running Javelina, uh, uh, and uh, I may get asked to pace one lap at Javelina, so I may go out to Javelina in late October um, and do that. It would also be good... Uh, good for the podcast too i'd like to go out there and meet some people maybe interview some people for the podcast you know i have fun with the podcast it's not a business of mine and i don't ever want to earn money from it um but i like i enjoy talking to people about running and uh i'm not really out there to do podcasts to inspire people like uh many podcasts are out there claiming if i inspire people to run that's great but i mainly do it as i want to share information to other runners because I remember when I started running, it was real hard to learn, you know, especially when you get into ultras, what kind of equipment to use, how to do nutrition, hydration, all those kind of things. And I find that just like in business, if you talk about something a lot, you tend to you tend to memorize it and uh, learn it a lot better than you would if you don't use it very often. So I like to talk about running because it's my hobby, trail, race, trail running, I would say. But I also do a lot of running on the roads. Most of my training is on the roads. Um, uh, just kind of a pivot to another subject. I, I listened to uh, the latest podcast from the uh, Adventure Jogger. That's a really good podcast uh, if you haven't tried it. Um, Ryan Pluckelman, in my opinion, is probably one of the best podcasters out there. 
he's so smooth when he's talking and I think that's because he his day job or at least his previous day job was he was a, a disc jockey on a radio and he's so good talking and uh, uh, smooth when he's uh, presenting and uh, I, I like everything about his podcast he previously was on had the East Coast Trail and Ultra podcast and then, then he, he parted ways with um, Sean Blanton and uh, started Adventure Jogger well his podcast have been very good, and um, he had Mike McKnight on there, which is one of my uh, heroes. Um, he, uh, you know, he's won the Triple Crown and uh, has a record time on the Triple Crown, and his story about breaking his back and then starting to run, and uh, he's got so many records, and recently um, he ran 100 miles with no calories. And I find that very impressive, you know, that he, you know, he could do that. Basically, he's burning, he's running on fat. And we get into the old, you know, when we start talking about nutrition, there are a lot of people that, you know, very sensitive about that. Um, but, you know, he's basically goes into ketosis and run, uses basically a keto type diet, just like Jeff Browning and, and some of the other pros do. But on the podcast, he talks about it. And, uh, I can relate because I've been somewhat uh, working on using a keto uh, diet as well. And, you know, the first few weeks when you switch to, you know, low-carb diet, you're kind of in a bonk all the time. So going out for a run and stuff is challenging. But, you know, they explained that after three or four weeks, it gets much better. And and they're able to run these really long events. You know, he mainly specializes in 200 event and never has stomach problems. Because when you're high on carbs, <clears throat> you eventually will come down off of that, and, and that's what causes a bonk. You know, now there there are people like uh, Jason Coop out there and other coaches which uh, say the complete opposite. And uh, so I kind of um, try to find somewhere in between where I like to use a lot of, my plan is to use a lot of carbs on race day and uh, maybe long runs, but I have a problem, you know, I need to lose about 10 pounds. I'm always about 10 pounds too heavy, and I know it affects my joints and uh, affects my ability to perform because as I get older, you know, I'm 52. Um, <clears throat> basically, I don't care what you say, you know, uh, race weight is a, is a big deal, and, uh, you know, you got pro runners out there that talk about it, and it seems to be a something people are not allowed to talk about. You know, when uh, Mike McKnight did this uh, zero-calorie run, he got a lot of hate mail and stuff on Instagram about saying you're promoting people to be anorexic and, you know, this and that with a diet. You know, I think that's that's a bunch of... That's pretty silly, you know. You know, you know, like his example was, well, we drink beer at races. Does that promote people to be alcoholic, you know? So I think some people are too sensitive about that, but I find the whole nutrition thing pretty interesting because I've tried many different things and I want to get my weight down so that it's easier for me to do the high mileage every week because that's what I enjoy. Because as you get older, it's harder. The harder thing is when you get older, you're not really getting slower. Um, it just takes longer uh, time to recover. And if you're taking longer time to recover, it means you're doing less miles per week. So it's kind of a domino effect. So I've been working on the keto, and I've seen some success getting my weight down. But I'd like to get down another 10 pounds uh, before I race uh, Brazos Bend and stay there, you know. Um, not get too crazy on the low carbs, but have some, some balance. And because I'll be honest, before I, I ate well, but I ate 
probably 70% carbs, 30% protein. Now I have switched it. I've tried it before, but I wasn't very serious. I've, um, I've also tried um, fasting uh, 10 hours a day. That doesn't work very well for me. I still do some, but really trying the keto right now. Uh, so let's see how it goes. I'll keep you updated on future podcasts. Um, another thing that I um, heard about that's quite interesting is, um, um, uh, before I pivot to another thing, Mike McKnight was able to do the 100-mile run in 18 hours and 30 minutes on no calories. That is really incredible um, that he's able to train his body to burn fat like that. You know, but the thing is, the key thing, and he mentioned it as well, you need to pick the diet that's best for you. Um, No one should tell you what diet you should use. And like me, I'm not a nutritionist, I'm just giving you my opinion. Um, I've tried different diets and they didn't work for me. One example they use is Courtney DeWalter. You know, she eats jelly beans and a lot of sugar and, you know, slams sugar drinks and stuff during the races, and she beats the men. So... A high high carb, high sugar diet works very well. Works very well for Courtney DeWalter. Hey, I'm back. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about before I end the podcast is Trail Racing Over Texas has a new consignment sales business. Um, I thought it's quite interesting. They're calling it the Summit Swap, so you can find them at thesummitswap.com. Basically, you can. Send them your old shoes. You don't have to be old, but maybe you have shoes or equipment or watches that you don't wear or you change to another style because you prefer them. You know, some of us, you know, we probably have the the hydration vests that don't fit well that we didn't really like, or shoes that we worn a few times and just stuck in the closet. Well, they they have started this consignment business where you can ship them this goods and they will. Um, help you price it and sell it and then um, and give you the the money basically it's consignment sales but that's at the summitswap.com so if you're interested check it out but he nailed that in the trotcast um, but hey y'all have a great week uh, enjoy your run as always and uh, if you'd like to send me some feedback or questions or like to be on a future podcast uh, send me a mail at runnerrwe at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at runnerrwe. And um, on Strava, I'm uh, Richard, the host of the Mile 62 podcast. You can search for me that way. I also have the Mile 62 Club on Strava. Um, But enjoy your week and take care. Bye-bye.